Hello, everyone. Welcome to Health Chatter, episode 25. Wow, it's been a ride, as I've said, I'm sure, before. Um, today, we're going to be, we have two great guests on our, our show today, which I'll introduce in, in a minute, okay? you Actually, our listening audience has already heard their voices many times, but uh, we'll get back to that in a second. We're going to be doing a show today on a tough topic, Um on racism. Um, it's basically a follow-up to our show that we did on anti-Semitism. And uh, both Clarence and I felt that these subjects have uh, true health implications, certainly as far as mental health for all the different populations that are affected by these issues. So stay tuned, we'll be talking about that in a minute. We have a great background crew that um, makes this podcast very successful. Uh, Matthew Campbell is our, our production manager, takes care of all the details for us, sound checks, et cetera, and makes sure that we get these podcasts out in a, uh, a solid edited version. So thank you, Matthew. And then we have Maddie Levine Wolf and um, Aaron Collins, who do our background research and um, artistic work for our, our show. So thank you to both of you, all three of you. You're, you're a great crew. It's, it, um, it's definitely um, a pleasure having all of you involved with Clarence and I. And then, of course, there's uh, Clarence Jones, who's my esteemed colleague and partner in, in this health chatter podcast. Thank you to you. And, and also to Human Partnership, who sponsors us um, and is a very, very good, strong community organization. We recommend to our audience to look them up on our website. Our website is available to all of you. We will be having all of our research notes attached to all the shows so you guys can, can see uh, the information that we use when we discuss the various topics that we do. So thank you to everybody. So let's move on to this, this topic of racism. We have two great guests today, namely Clarence and myself. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about this. It's, um, we're, we're doing this hand in hand like we did the show on 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 racism uh, we we were really um holding each other uh hand in hand as we discussed these issues because um they're near and dear to uh, to both of us i'd like to um start out with a short story then i know that that clarence has a has a good one too i was thinking when was i struck uh, as a white Male. When was I struck by the um, the issue of um, of racism? And I didn't have to think very long. I was eight years old. My father, who was in the ladies' ready to wear wholesale business, um, had met a gentleman, a black man who was a, a baseball player for the uh, the for the then Washington senators. Um, 
they were very, very dear friends and they were in town to play, to play baseball and they got in contact with one another. And my dad invited him out for dinner the, the day before, the night before um, they were to play um, baseball. And we went to um, actually a very good restaurant in uh, downtown Minneapolis that doesn't exist now, but um, I remember walking in uh, with my, my dad and my sister. My, my mother uh, was sick at the time and couldn't join us, unfortunately. We walked into this restaurant and we had been there before as, as a family. And uh, certainly it was one of the, uh, the restaurants that my father enjoyed going to. But as soon as we walked in with, um, with our friend, uh, the maitre d' came up to my father and I remember distinctly him saying, Roger, my dad, um, we're gonna have to seat you in the, uh, in the back of the restaurant. And my dad said, well, why? Why can't we just you know, sit where everybody else is sitting? And uh, the maitre d' didn't say it out loud, but he basically pointed to our friend. And my dad said, I distinctly remember him saying that if we could not sit with all the other people in the in the restaurant, we were we are leaving. And you will never see me in this restaurant again. And we left and we never did go back to that restaurant. And that really struck me. And you, well, you can imagine, I, I still remember it. You know, here I am, you know, a 69 year old person who back, you know, eight years old. And um, I remember my dad, I, we had a discussion about it afterwards. And my dad said to me, these people are great people. And they should never be compromised like you saw today, ever. Clarence, you have a story. I do have a story, Stan, and mine is uh, very much like yours. Uh, I was eight years old. I lived in the uh, lived in Chicago on the west side. And I can distinctively remember, uh, I lived across the street from Douglas Park, which uh, mm-hmm. a big park in, in, in Chicago. And I can distinctively remember walking across the street and this thought hit me. He says, if the white man will never let me be anything, I will never let people know how smart I am. And I remember my body, I actually saw myself walking across the street. I saw myself split and uh, uh, saw myself walk across the street. And I felt that 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 haziness in myself. Now, what was interesting about this is I didn't know any white people. <laughs> I had no experience with white people except for maybe in school. But somehow that that message, for whatever reason, at that time in my life, it came to me so hard and it really truly impacted how I, how I um, interface even with education. I love, I, I love being smart. I love education and stuff like that, but I, I suppress that because there's this invi- invis- <laughs> invisible person who will never let me be anything. And I just never, never uh, understood at eight years old why that was so strong to me. Yeah. So, so this whole idea about racism is a, uh, 
it's very it 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 is something that that uh, uh, something that guides me in terms of how I deal with others. So that that's my that's my eight year old story. I got some other stories, but uh, that's one in which um, which I wanted to share. And I think Stan, one of the, one of the things I wanted to say to to our listeners, this was a very very difficult topic for us to to really enter into. Not because it's not real, not because it's not impactful, but it's how you enter into the conversation to engage people in a way in which we could have a a mature conversation. Because so much of this stuff is emotional, how you feel, what you think, how we have been um, uh, how we have been uh, uh, conditioned to thinking about race and how we how we treat people based purely on how they look, how we make so much assumption. I mean, it's a human thing, but sometimes it gets to a point where we can truly hurt ourselves in terms of this process. So that's that. That's my story. Yeah, you know, um, to our listening audience, we our our crew went out for for dinner the other night, and um, we were we were talking about this show and and linking it with the uh, the show that we did on on anti-semitism and um i was i was very frank i said clarence you and your people carry the issue on your face okay the color of your skin and i don't i don't carry the anti semitism you can't tell i'm a jew mm-hmm. unless I, you know i tell you so mm-hmm. and frankly that's one of the reasons why during World War II, Jews had to wear a yellow Star of David so they could be identified, okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas Black people don't have to have that. It's it's on their on their face. And and they carry that with her. So I want we're, we're trying to link this whole idea of racism to health and it certainly has uh health implications. Uh, from a mental health standpoint, um, talk to me about that, Clarence. You know, from a health standpoint, how how you think it's either affected you or the dear people that you know. Well, I think I think the story that I told about being eight years old, uh, mm-hmm. walking across the street that's a, that was a mental health issue thing right there for yeah. me because that that guided me many times in terms of how I approach not only others, I mean, I, I approach, you know, white people, but also how I approach black people. You know, it, it, it was just that whole thing about, you know, how could I truly be myself because people have already made assumptions about me. People have already decided for me my life. And uh, when you are in a, in a situation like that, you many times, you do things that are not healthy for yourself. Uh, I can remember uh, seriously, you know, being uh, young and deciding very early that I didn't want people to notice me. So guess what I did? I ate a lot. I, w- I would get boxes of cereal and I, I would, I said, well, if I'm fat, if I'm fat, then people won't, won't notice me. I mean, th- that that's all part of it. And, and, and again, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just talking about what's happening with inside of me is that if, if this is, if this is such an issue that other people have with me, then how do I minimize that? How do I minimize that in terms of how I interact with folk? 
And so we do things many times to suppress ourselves because the social conditions, uh, the uh, environment in which we're living uh, has already, in our own personal mind, has already created a, a paradigm for us that we're trying to uh, not be as, uh, be as uh, I want to use the term offensive to other people. Now that that in and of itself is crazy. I mean, and I use that term very lightly, but that in and of itself is is, is very harmful. Uh, but people do it, you know, yeah. or else people, or else people in situations like this where they where they feel that there's going to be a um, a problem with them, they're gonna come in real strong. You know, they're gonna they're, they're gonna come in with a uh, being very antagonistic. Let's just put not. Okay, and I'm, I'm and, and 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 folk, I want you to understand this. I'm I'm trying to find the right words for this, but they're going to go, they're going to go in there feeling like they have to defend themselves, and this is one of the reasons why many times when when people are in a uh, a situation with somebody that's different than themselves, they 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 instead of it being a a personal issue or a misunderstanding about communication, it quickly gets to race. Well, that's just where you people are, you know what I mean? Or, you know, you know, I, I can't expect you to do anything different. I mean, it's because we have these expectations or we have these thoughts, we have these biases that are reinforced by our media, reinforced by the newspaper, reinforced by our family and our friends. And it makes it very, very difficult for us to, to think rationally about, maybe I disagree with this person because I just disagree with their with, with what they're saying. It's not because they're black or they're white or they're whatever. It's because I just, it, it's easier for me to be able to explain this by saying, well, you know, uh, white people think like that. So it makes it hard uh, when we start talking about the issue around race. It makes it hard to have a a civil conversation because we are so we're so conditioned to thinking going going to the race issue almost first before we think about the fact that this person just has a different point of view. And so yeah. uh, that's that's the struggle. And that's one of the reasons why we had a hard time for me in terms of, because listeners, we also tried to find some people to come up on this, on this, uh, uh, for this show. And it's it was difficult because people don't necessarily want to enter this conversation because it exposes too much. And the reality is all of us are biased. We're conditioned Correct. to be biased. Correct. You know, you know, and so as human so, beings, we have and, that yeah, in yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so it, it, it's really, really interesting. Now, I, I will say this, Dan. I know I'm talking a lot, but here's what I want to tell you: what you probably don't know about me was that in my other life, before you met me, I used to be a diversity trainer. I went, I, I went to other countries, I went to universities, I went to uh, corporations, uh, and I talked about the issue of diversity and about challenges you know trying to we talked about diversity that's this over 25 years ago but the way i approached it was that the issues that we're facing are really around economics you know i always say i always say this i said you know the color of america is really not black or white the color of america is green it's green it's about the money now that doesn't mean that that it doesn't mean that 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 the race the gender doesn't fit into into those kinds of conversations but in this country, in this country, it's about your money, and many times your money can override how people treat you, you know. And so it's it's really a, a really uh, 
a difficult conversation to enter into, yeah. but you have to find your place and have to decide how you want to approach this. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you, I'm, I'm going to reflect on, on the time that we first met for, for a second, and then it'll lead into a question. When Clarence and I first met, we were at a, um, a conference at the time and, um, it was sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of, mm -hmm. of Minnesota. We happened to be just sitting at the same table. And it was, in my, in my opinion, a special moment because it was like I knew when we started talking, it felt as though I had known Clarence for a long time for a long, long time. And that's that's really special. And never, never did it even enter my mind first that Clarence is, is a black man. He would, he, it was almost like a brother, like instantaneously. And it's been special since. Now I'm going to lead from that story. I'm going to lead into this. Um, when people, when when you or your colleagues, Clarence or me and my colleagues on the white side and, and then the black side, when you first meet with somebody who's, is there? Do you think that there's a level of skepticism first? I'm skeptical about interacting or I'm skeptical about working with. Does that, does that come to the forefront first just because of the color of somebody's skin? Like you had alluded to, you know, how things are, how you deal with from, you know, human behavior and our biases first or not? I think for me, it's not. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Don't think I don't have some subconscious thinking about that. You know what mm -hmm. I'm looking for? When I talk to people, I'm looking for their tone of voice. I'm looking for how they use words. I'm looking for their body language. Uh, I mean, those are the kinds of things that 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 uh, I uh, uh, I look for. I look for the intentionality. I, I'll, I'll tell you this story. What, uh, the, I, I went to this church, was a white church one time. Mm -hmm. And I walked in the door, me and my, my kids. And this white guy came up to me and he said, I'm glad to have you people here. He said, uh, we want people to know that we accept people like you too. Now I, you know, I'm like, okay, okay. Now this is church. Why did now, it so have to even get, be said? Well, 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 but, but, but the point was after I got to know this guy, I know that he didn't have any evil intent in what he said. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 it was like, it was like, I had, I had, to, I had to stop for a moment and not go off, but I realized that he didn't, and, no, and I got a chance to know him, and it wasn't, it wasn't that, it was just ignorance. It, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He didn't know, you know what I mean? He was, uh, yeah, he he was not, and so I, I, I had to suspend, I had to suspend my, uh, my anger. Judgment, or your judgment. Yeah, at that time, because I'm listening, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at his voice and I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm doing all these, these quick evaluation kind of things. Uh, but yet I, I, I have met other people who I already know you don't like me, you know? And, and, and what I say to people is that, you know, if you don't like me, just tell me I'm cool. 
you know, you don't you don't have to pretend to like me. Uh, all I want you to do is, you know, if it don't, if it ain't working for you, that's cool. I can live yeah, with that, you yeah. know. But unfortunately, we have we have this, uh, and even now we have this idea about, you know, we have to be politically correct. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, even though I don't want to work with you, I don't like you. There's some issues there. We can't really work together because, you know, or we have to work together because it's politically correct. And that's where you start to find the. That's where you find find this this animosity, this this undermining, this uh, sabotaging, uh, and it's like, what's that about? So, yeah. but that's but that's my world. I mean, that's the world that I've had to carve out for myself because I know everybody's not like that. Yeah. But but I have to figure out how do I how do I live in a world where I can be at peace with myself and with others as much as possible. Yeah, that you said it eloquently. Um. I was also thinking if we had done this show, let's just say six years ago, mm -hmm. just for argument's sake, um, would we have done a show on racism? And um, I was going back and forth on that. And I think one of the reasons why we're, we're doing this show is what we are all facing on a daily basis. It's like we're, we're seeing it, like you mentioned, in the news. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, are we seeing it more or is it being presented to us more visually and um, than we have maybe six years ago? And what's going on in our society now where um, racism, I could also as a sidebar add anti-Semitism to that, is so much in the forefront. What's what's causing this? What's your sense on that? So when I was doing diversity training, uh, I would one of the things that I would do is I would talk about the the shifting demographics, uh, and hmm. I talked about twenty twenty, and I talked about how you know twenty thirty, how there would be a, a huge shift in in. Uh, in, in our society. And I was in, I was in, I was out in the woods. A lot of times I'd be doing training out in, in, in the sticks. And I can tell you that was probably one of the areas where folks got, the, got, became the, at the strongest resistance to, because they had this perception that the world will never change. It will always be this way. And so when you start talking about how the, the, the world is going to shift demographically and you already have a negative perception about those people, it's going to, to be very difficult for you to accept the fact that it has really nothing to do. Uh, it, it, it's just a reality of life that because of, of birth rates and because of changing immigration and things like that, this is going to happen. And so how do you, how do you manage that? And I would tell, I would tell young white males, I said, you know what, you're going to be in a great position in the future. You know, you go, first of all, you're going to be a minority. Uh, and what you need to do is you need to have education. You need to be able to speak a, a second language. And uh, you need to be comfortable with diversity. I said, and then people are going to seek after you because that's the way the corporation world works. It's about the money. And so, you know, it's like while you look at it from a perspective that is something that's bad, you also can position yourself so that it's something that 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 would benefit you and your family. You know what I'm saying? And that was that was 
okay, that was 25 years ago. You know, you talk about six years ago. But but the same thing, you know, for me happens today is that those people that are, I, I feel those people that are most comfortable with diversity without selling their soul, you know what I'm saying? Just because you're comfortable with diversity don't mean that you got to go along with everything, right? you know? Uh, th but but they're, they're comfortable enough to be able to interact with people, to work with folk, to be able to have a, a dialogue or a conversation with people. Those are the people who I, I feel are the most valuable, those who don't feel like just because you walk into a room, you're a competitor and I got to fight, you know, th but th but that's me. And that's 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 how I've had to carve out my world. And I, I think, you know, when we talked about you, Stan, and, and, and the first time we met, I do remember very, very clearly yeah. our conversation. I mean, I remember I remember the chairs that we sat in. It was just it was just that too. kind of it was just that kind of vivid, like, oh, we having this conversation. I mean, it was it was authentic. It was real. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it had nothing to do with you. It had to do with your conversation. And, and but what you did say to me is that, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out how do we help the African-American community to be able to address this issue around cardiovascular health? That was, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was kind of your conversation. I'm like, okay. Okay. I mean, you didn't, you didn't have to talk to me like that, but, and you didn't have to reveal yourself like that, but I knew then that it was a, it was a bigger, it was a bigger um, factor for you than just you being a doctor and that that was your job yeah you know what i mean because there was he was a person who who cared enough about the things that i cared about which was the health of my community to say like how do we work together to make this happen and it took us over 10 years for that to happen but we never stopped trying we never stopped absolutely right. we were right. always hand in hand right and to this day if i ever had a question around that um, Clarence is almost my go-to person. Okay, I mean, which, yeah. which is that's a gift. Yeah, that really is a, a gift. And I and I said this before too. I said so. Stan will come to me as a go-to person, but I don't stop at me. I would definitely give him somebody else because I think absolutely that, because part of the conversation that we have, especially in Minnesota, and I'm I'm going to talk. I'm going to say this about Minnesota. Minnesota has this tendency where they like the one and the only. You know, if you got Correct. if you got you got one person, you're gonna pump them up and you're gonna promote them and you're gonna, you know, and, and they're gonna represent all of the information that comes out about that community. Now you don't know that person's intention, you don't know that person's values, but because you're more comfortable with that person, that's yeah. who you're going to promote. And my thing is that that's very, very dangerous, not only for you, but also for the for the individual. Because what happens is that we're not able to to create the kind of environment that's really going to make up a, 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 a difference in terms of, I'm just going to use this term of health, you know, of health to make, to make things better. That's why we continuously spend all this money over and over, over. and over and again, because we keep going back to the same people asking yes. them to do something that they, that they haven't been able to do in 40 years. Right. And they have no you clue how to go, how to deal with no it going forward. And right. they're not, and they're not because, because of how, how the system is set up. They're not going to open it up for anybody else. I mean, I mean, even in in in, and I'm I'm being totally honest. I mean, even in the work that that you know happened around COVID, there was some mm -hmm. stuff that that like, uh, you know. But you had you had people who were the one and onlys, and you you weren't able to do the kind of work that you needed to do. And I'm feeling kind of kind of kind of like mm, interesting. But anyway, so that that's that's one of the things about about racism. Racism makes you. 
uh, pick only people that you're comfortable with, not people that can really help you to get to the next level. Exactly. Sometimes you have to you have to connect with with people that have differences of, of opinion sure. in order to move forward with a, sure. a particular issue you're trying to deal with. Sure. So let me let me um, let me run this one by you, and I want to get your your opinion on it. Um, for years and years, and 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 even to this point, Minnesota is considered one of the healthiest states in the country. So I was always struck by that because I kept thinking in the back of my head, okay, well, it's fine and dandy. We're, you know, one of the healthiest states. But then I was thinking like a person like Clarence, what does Clarence think? It's just like, wait a minute, you guys, you might think that we're one of the healthiest in the, in the, in the country, but when it comes to my people, hello, <laughs> we have a wake-up call. So, how did you re- how do you react to that, or did you or continually deal with that when you hear that Minnesota is one of the healthiest? So, knowing that it's not the case necessarily for the African American population, right? Yeah. So, one one of the driving forces for me was this, and again, because this is health chatter, we can be totally we can be honest, right? Absolutely. Okay. One of, the, one of the driving factors for me, and I mentioned this in, in, in public, so it's not something that, that I'm hiding or, or just revealing right now. It used to bother me that we would spend $40, $50 million a year in just 55411 on on medical, I mean, on just social services kind of thing. I mean, you always talk about 55411, but the people weren't getting any healthier. Yeah, what's going I mean, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it, bo- it bothered me, it bothered me that, that, that for, for whatever reason, and again, I know I'm taking a big risk here, but for whatever reason, it was, what are we doing that that's not causing us to be able to change the needle around health? Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not phenomenal people doing the work, but somehow with all of that money, it was, it was, it, it, it just wasn't happening. So what do I think? I think Minnesota, and, I, and I'll say this, and I've, I've said this before too, so I have nothing to hide here. I think Minnesota, really, if you can work it, it's got streets of gold. I think I, I think Minnesota is a phenomenal place if you can work it. You know what I mean? I, I believe that that there are opportunities here that uh, are, are not often um, seen in other places, but I think that 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 you have a a uh, underlying uh there's underlying forces that that somewhat hinders us from being able to do the kind of things that we need to do i mean we've got clinics it bothers me and this is what i say on and i I talk about my community my people is that we have information we need to be out there we need to be out in the community doing more we need to have you know we need to have greater access we've got we got north point i mean we've got some really great and I'm 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 just going to mention some names for 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 reasons, but mm-hmm. we got North Point, we've got neighborhood uh, uh, health. I mean, I'm just speaking of North Minneapolis, okay? Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm not just picking on North Minneapolis because I'm also going to say open cities. So yeah. we got we got we got all these these clinics around that that could really, uh, you know, make a difference. And we have to figure out how then do we, community wise as well as those clinics, how do we really engage people? 
and helping them to understand the real uh, opportunities that they have in terms of addressing the issue around health disparities and making sure that our that our communities are healthier. Yeah. And health disparities, by the way, is not just for, for one population or the other. Right. It's it, whoever is being <laughs> having health disparities or health inequity right. um, in their life. We have to we have to be as human beings sensitive to how it is that we can make that better. You know, okay? I, yeah, and you know, Stan, one of the things that I that I did is that you know, in our work, what we have, uh, and I, I love what you just said because that's one of the things for me is that many times we forget about rural Minnesota. Yeah, we forget we forget about we forget about outstate, you know, greater Minnesota, whatever you know, however people want to des- describe it. And uh, we need, you know, uh, to be able to, if we're going to address health inequities, because there are a lot of people of color out there too, mm-hmm. uh, we need to we need to be able to figure out how then do we address these issues in a way in which we're going to really make a difference. Yeah, so, yeah. So, all right. So, um, is. And then we'll get into you know policy changes and all that sure. kind of stuff in a second. But let me let me reflect on the idea of um, shifting to better. Is there? Can we just assume? Would it be easier if we just assume that racism is going to just be with us and um, not that we're okay with it? I don't think anybody should be, but. The fact is, it's here. The fact is that poverty is here. The fact is that anti-Semitism is here. All these hard issues are here. That doesn't make it that that we like it. But the more we talk about it, the more that we educate one another about it, perhaps we can become more um, comfortable in our skin, so to speak. Is that a fair statement that um, racism is here to stay? I think human beings are here to stay, and we go. That's an interesting twist on that. Great point. Good point. I think we're always going to have a way to 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 try to distinguish ourselves from other people. Have you ever met somebody that looked like somebody that you didn't like? (laughs) I mean, you don't even know this person, but you but but you already you already got you already got got issues and opinion, like you know what I mean. So I think I think what we're talking about is a a a human. Uh, a human bias, but I also think that it has been it has been institutionalized again around money, around power, you know, around authority, so that that it's very difficult to for many people to enter the conversation and to do something about it because people are afraid of losing whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 so the the reality is that as I think as as human beings, uh, we're going, always trying to position us and ours. So, you know, um, Clarence and I made a made a a point that um, we wanted to discuss these issues, racism, anti-Semitism, starting with today, Mm -hmm. because if we think about this historically, historically, if we look at racism, um, you know, when we go back to when the country was founded, Mm -hmm. what were they dealing with then versus how what are we dealing with now is different but the the concept of racism is is still with us and um in my mind it hurts us 
it really hurts us if that become if that bias is so strong and so embedded in our our culture one way or the other um we need to do better to to talk to one another educate one another uh, put our arms around one another so that together as as uh, as humankind we can we can forge ahead but you know what, right. Stan? You know what? No, no. I, I, I like what you're saying, but that, that's that that takes us to a whole different. That's a spiritual kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So, I mean, so, so, and I, I think that's part of it. Well, it, it is part of it. It is part of it. It's part, and it's part. It's the part that many times people don't want to want to discuss, or they feel like, well, that's a personal issue and and things like that. Right. You know, but but to to actually be able to be in a place where you could genuinely. Uh, accept people says a lot about who you are about you know about your values uh about you know about what you want out of life uh and a lot of people have a lot of people don't don't it's about me i mean but that's part of our culture too it's right. all, it's, all, it's all about me it's all about me it's all about me and even even when you talk about you know when you talk about uh I want to I want to say this but anyway when you talk about 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 these issues people will use uh uh issues to make sure that they are positioned in a certain way now I'm going to tell you something that's really 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 okay health chatter okay here we go I used to always wonder about why poor whites and blacks always fought you know, there's always mm. that. There's always that. There's always that tension there, when many times poor whites were treated just as bad as blacks. Interesting. But they, but they all but they always thought that they were better. And I yeah. thought like, uh, what's going is, on here? This yeah. is, I mean, but 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 this gets back to my whole issue about about money, about protecting your your interests, those kinds of things. And I just never could understand why couldn't we have this conversation to understand that they're just factors that are impacting our lives, that people will use anything to keep uh, other people oppressed, suppressed, and uh, depressed. You know what I mean? And how could we, how could we have a conversation plus understand that there are things that we need to do differently, mm -hmm. okay? And not, and not look at each other from a, as you said, from, from a racialized standpoint, just but to understand that we are human. And that's really one of the things that happened with, with our organization is that we're called Human. Uh, yeah, H-U-E. H-U-E. Every man has you and all of us are human. Right. I don't care what you, how you define yourself. You still are human. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, how can we get to that point where we, 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 we talk about that as a value and we talk about how do we look out for the, for the, um, for the interests of our community and I always talk about how do I how do I interface with people so that we can have a better world for our children. That's where I go. Yeah. I go back. Like how how do we make this better for our children? How do we take care of ourselves so that we can be better for our kids? You and know, I you know when you when you think about, you know, it's one thing talking about it. Okay, it's another thing valuing it. Yeah, yeah. It's a value that you embrace. Okay, right. Right. like I embrace, um, and I value the the relationship um collegial relationship that i have with you right. I, I value that right. i i don't talk about you know i don't have to talk about it, it just it's in me right okay right. it's just 
it it's how I operate. Um, but that's shaped, that's that's but that's shaped by by you know your your life experience your by your your family those kinds of things. Uh, absolutely, you know, about, stories. Exactly, exactly. Hey, but you know what? I think we have a we have a comment here from uh, Matthew. And yes. we want and we want and we wanted to make sure that we had a intergenerational conversation. So Matthew, you want to have a comment with us? Yeah, you you were mentioning about how like um you know poor white folks and uh are treated just as bad in some instances and you couldn't understand why um just the differences there. I just think people have sometimes people have this innate urge to have power over another, especially when you're being treated poorly. Mm -hmm. And so then you look for someone else that you can have a superiority over. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think because of the systems and of uh, like just how ingrained racism is ingrained into American culture, that just kind of became the outlet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. That's just kind of my. And I agree with you. And you do know. And that's the whole, that's the whole point. That's why we have these conversations. You do know. And I think it's important for us yeah. to, to be able to enter that conversation in a way in which you feel safe. Yeah, you're right, people. You know, it's a, it's a, I think there's a scripture, a Bible scripture that says something about it's a sad thing when the poor oppresses the poor. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, when you when, when poor folks are oppressing poor folks, I mean, that that's 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 sad. I, that's, I can't. That's, that's really sad, right? But I think, you know, Matthew, I think you bring up a, 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 a good point. I think inherent in in human behavior is the idea that, geez, I've got it really bad, but boy, I don't have it as bad as, right. <laughs> you right. know, the next one. All right, um, and that gives you. I I think that that's um, a function. What it, what that does is it gives you in the situation that you're in a um, a sense of hope. I don't have it as bad as, mm-hmm. so consequently, I can proceed going going forward mm-hmm. that way. But to Clarence's point, why does it even have to be that way? Why can't we both together try to figure out how to make things better for one another? That's where we really need to to really go. So let me let me. Um, okay, so this is health chatter so let's talk about how it is that we could uh deal with these things one one thing that we brought up in our in our show on anti-semitism is you know we can be we can choose as human beings to be angry about it and react to some of the major things that are that are going on in front of our eyes right now or as um rabbi zimmerman at at temple israel noted no we should use this as a time to educate Mm -hmm. and talk to one another and try together hand in hand to uh to make changes so to that end um clarence what might you think um from maybe a policy perspective as it relates to health maybe we can connect health inequities to this what do you think policy wise might be um, some good starting points. You know, that's a very interesting, very interesting question. I mean, as you were you were talking, I was trying to trying to let my mind roll through there. I think, from a health perspective, we need to uh, provide a more effective way of creating access. 
Okay. Uh, we have we have some really wonderful clinics and places where people can can get uh access to health. Uh and we need to be promoting them. We need we need those organizations. And many times those organizations may not have necessarily have the the uh, infrastructure, you know, to to uh, to do the kind of things that that we uh, believe are necessary. I mean, that, that's that's one of the reasons why Human was created was so that we could be a collaborative. We know that there we know that there are some really great organizations out here doing some really great work, but sometimes we just need to work together. So I think I think part of the the policy the policy is is to to uh, to create more opportunities for collaboratives. I mean, I mean, effective collaboratives to be able to work together more uh, closely, so that we can provide the kind of services that pe that people are needing for for their health. I think yeah. the other part too that that we need to uh, take a look at is the fact that let's talk more realistically about what are the real issues that are impacting communities and how do we work together. I mean, we got mental health. Mental health is a major issue, big time, but also fentanyl, yes. drugs. Right. I mean, you know, and, and with the COVID, with COVID, COVID, you know, COVID has helped to change this, this perspective. I know we, like right now we're, we're talking a lot about health equity and things like that. And believe me, I'm all for that, but I want effective, I want effective equity. Yeah. And I mean, I yeah. want, I want to be able to, to not, not just do about it, talk about it in a, in a, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing. I want to be able to talk about how then do we effectively work work together, and I'm really about that. I'm really about how do we work together in order to do that. I'm not a doctor, you know, but like I, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, but in 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 humans' existence, we have been involved in about a quarter of a million health screenings with doctors and nurses and and dentists and all those kind of things because we collaborate, and I think that part of what why we were able to do that was because not necessarily because of a policy, which I wish, but sort of kind of mm -hmm. uh, organizations would help us. I mean, we had like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, You Care, and other organizations that would help us with our work. But we need to be able to work together and create a a, um, a system where we have people work together more effectively, collaboratively. And I think that we so, can then begin to address some of these issues. So, um in your comments, mm -hmm. uh, Clarence, um, underlying them is uh, a connection to Minnesota, okay, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. we have, you know, we have a robust healthcare system here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in our listening audience, you know, from other parts of, of the country, uh, places that they live, their, their health systems might not be as robust. Mm -hmm. However, I think your words still, still connect, mm -hmm. okay? It's just at whatever level you're at, wherever you are at, you need to do what you were you were referring to. It's like mm -hmm. we need to bring it up a notch, mm -hmm. okay, no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's important. The other yeah. thing is, is that if you're at a different notch than, let's just say, Minnesota, Contact what's going on. Contact people and trusted colleagues in 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 and 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 people in your communities in Minnesota and say, hey, what are you doing up there? Maybe we can apply it down in you know Alabama or Mississippi or wherever. Okay, mm -hmm. to make things better. This is how we truly can can work better together. Um, how, let, me, here, let me say something real quick. Let me say yeah. something real quick, Stan. 
you know, you are absolutely right. I, I had the opportunity to go to Kenya in, in Africa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk, they, they talk a lot about what they don't have. Yeah. We had, we had the opportunity to get into a room with about, we were in a county. We got into a room in a, with, a, with, with people from the various counties. And we sat down and we began to create a dialogue where we could really begin to talk about what's really going on. And what was interesting was that as people began to become more comfortable in the conversation, they began to say, well, I can help you do that. I can help you do that. I think a lot of a lot of a lot of our a lot of our our organizations in, in, in states, we have people, we we have the the tools, we just don't know how to work together in order to make those things uh successful. Work. And so it's important, I think, in terms of getting to that next level, is to sit down with 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 people that you can trust that you know or, or learning or learning to trust and have a candid conversation. Absolutely. You know, you know, you you talk about about um, Kenya, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm pretty sure that they have a, a a fairly sophisticated system of using community health workers in in that in that part of the world. Which, frankly, community health workers is a relatively new profession here in yeah. in the United States. But we're trying to to uh, to embrace that profession even more <clears throat> because of its. Um, usefulness and connectedness to particular populations Mm -hmm. to make them feel more comfortable in navigating the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. So I think these are all good. One thing that I think we will become more and more uh, attuned to is how do we know if we're making a difference? And, you know, uh, you know, certainly epidemiologists will say, well, geez, you know, how do you measure that? You know, well, maybe, who cares how it's measured in this particular case? If people just start in general, no matter what population or what color hue, H-U-E, you are, mm-hmm. you know, if you're starting to feel better about things, isn't that just better overall? Mm-hmm. And I would argue yes for that. Um, one other point that you had brought up, you, you, you mentioned one word. And I just want to make sure that we cover safety. Mm-hmm. Okay. Generally speaking, as as a as a black man mm-hmm. in today's world, mm-hmm. um, do you feel safe? Interesting. Do I feel safe? With all the one, with uh, all the craziness that's going on, on a scale of one to ten, it it it, it depends. It it depends on what you mean. I mean, physically safe, spiritually safe, uh, emotionally safe. I mean, I think there's Put so many different. Put it all together. Put it all. Well, together. I know, yeah. I know, I know, and and I'm I'm thinking because I think it's a good question. Uh, do I feel safe? I feel cautious. Interesting. I feel cautious. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's so I'm, a great, I'm, great. Yeah great word to address that um you know what as a jew i feel the same way yeah yeah same way you know given given what we're seeing in today's environment yes you are cautious Mm -hmm. um you look at the world differently Mm -hmm. and um more cautiously um and 
good, bad, or indifferent, I that's the environment that we're living in mm-hmm. in now. Um, but you also mentioned that those types of things affect mental health. They do. They, they do. really, really do. And I, as as human beings, I just don't think that that's fair. We shouldn't yeah. have to feel that way. We, you know, we've got enough stuff that we all have to deal with, and where we shouldn't have to deal with with. But you're know extra cautious. Yeah, but you know what, Stan? The reality is this. I mean, is that you know why are we doing this program? It's because we realize that we have to have these kind of conversations. I think that one of the one of the best things to do is that people are really sincere about trying to address some of these issues and, and, and again, not looking at yourself like you're the villain, because that's, that's always that whole thing. When we talk, talk about racism and like, you're the bad person, I'm the good person. I'm, right. I'm trying, I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to have a conversation. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not blaming. I'm not, you know, I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff I could blame. There's a lot, you know, but, but that's not my it's not going to get of, us anywhere. Yeah. It, yeah. Not my frame and talking about this topic, you know, at this point. Yeah, you know, there, are, yeah. there are other times where we, have to, we can talk about institutional racism. We can talk about, you know, the things that are going on in this country. We can talk about the the attitude. But right about now, we're just talking about we just we're just having health chatter. You and me, we're just talking about what we do. We're talking about how we've been affected by this. We're talking about how our, our relationship has developed as a result of our work. And then we're just talking about how then do we try to help others to to uh, to get to the next level. So. Yeah, you know I can you know just to to circle back to the time that 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 we first met Clarence, um, we were really dealing with things from a professional standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay, well these years that 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 we've known each other, it's um, it's included professional work together mm-hmm. collegial work together mm-hmm. friendship work together trust mm-hmm. together so mm-hmm. the um the relationship has really um matured in 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 a really special way and i and i'm hoping i'm hoping that um people in our listening audience will have that opportunity yeah you know, with our with our brothers and sisters, really, to 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 have what we have, and um, that's what I wish. You know, going yeah. forward, you know, we always say, you know, at the end of these shows, what can we do? Well, my goodness, you know, we we've said all through the show what we what we could do and what we could do better. Mm-hmm. But one thing for sure is keep the conversations going be open and honest with with mm-hmm. with one another educate one another um appreciate differences mm-hmm. and and i think that that will really go a long way i also want to link it to our next show where um you know we 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 talked about policy a lot um in this show our next show we're going to be um addressing healthy people, the um, objectives for the nation 2030, mm-hmm. which um, we'll have the opportunity to to link what we talked about here with mm-hmm. objectives for the nation around health. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, like access would be, you know, certainly something that we should, we should bring up in our next show. So um, for our listening audience, stay tuned for that. Um, 
closing comments. Thank you. I'm glad we had the conversation. Even though we we struggled with trying to figure out how we were going to do this, but uh, I think uh, I think it went well. But I I, do too. Our, our, our listeners will let us know if we did it well or not. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And um, if nothing else, hopefully this will stimulate having people do similar conversations amongst themselves, mm -hmm. like like you and I have had. Mm -hmm. So um, thanks, Clarence. You're you're you continue to be special and a good trusted person. I appreciate really good. that. So to our listening audience, thank you for listening to Health Chatter and keep health chatting away. <laughs>